We're continuing our NL East farm previews with the New York Mets, who have a really interesting blend of MLB-ready position players and lower-level pitching. Let's talk about it. You are Locked On MLB Prospects, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on in to Locked on MLB Prospects, your home for all things minor league baseball. I'm your host, Lindsey Crosby, baseball writer and podcaster. Thank you for making this your first listen every single day. And thank you for joining us as we go through these farm systems. Uh, today, the New York Mets, 101-61, and 61, uh, lost a tiebreaker to the Atlanta Braves. And a system that has specifically worked to build the depth in recent years. Steve Cohen's been very aggressive, not only in free agency, but also in player acquisition. And so it's a system that is ready to contribute at the major league level and make this team better. Some of your top prospects, number one prospect in this system, one of the top probably 10 prospects in all of baseball, is catcher Francisco Alvarez, 2018 IFA, and just... Hits absolute tanks. So, 112 games last year between AA and AAA. 260, 374, 511. 27 home runs. 49 extra base hits. 70 walks to 123 strikeouts. So, offensively, Francisco Alvarez is ready to contribute at a major league level. He's got a little bit of chase in his game, which... A lot of young players will have that, and that's not something that necessarily goes away when you get to the bigs. But when he makes contact, which he does often, it is quality contact. The average exit velo in 2022 in the minors for Francisco Alvarez was 90 miles an hour. The 90th percentile exit velo for him, 108. So, like, that is elite. I mean, it is, it is tons of power. He's really good, like he understands the strike zone and has a good feel for it. But like I said, he will chase a bit. And so I think that his ceiling, as far as his hit tool, is probably average in MLB. He's got a little bit of that chase in there, like I said. A uh, little more contact, a little couple higher points of contact in the zone. And then maybe some better swing decisions as far as being selective and finding pitches he can drive could push him into another little plane of offensive production. But uh, I think he'll be like a plus, probably 70 grade power, probably the best power hitter in this entire system. And he will be above average, if not plus offensively as a catcher as soon as he comes up. He got a tiny bit of time last year, like 12 at-bats in the bigs. Uh, Hit a home run, but... Not necessarily indicative, not a big enough sample size to really go into, but offensively, Francisco Alvarez, very compact, powerful swing, and is, like I said, ready for the bigs now. Defensively, you've got a little bit more work to do, right? Uh, Something where he's a good receiver, the arm is average or so, he's thrown out career about 29% of base stealers, which is right around kind of average. Now, uh, he is physically a little bit larger, 5'10", 233. uh, The the expression was said to me by somebody who saw him in person was it's like a barrel with arms and legs. So he's going to have to just 
make sure he does plenty of flexibility work and things like that so that he can withstand the rigors of catching. And then I think that what he needs to work on is game calling. That's something where a lot of young catchers, especially when you're catching guys of the level of a Max Scherzer and Justin Verlander, you're never going to quite be 100% ready to go on something like that. I will say uh, he made a point to learn English. And when they did the pitcher-catcher meetings in the minors, he was doing them in English. Kind of shows uh, the leadership and the chemistry building, you know, fitting in with the team and things like that. I think ultimately he can be close to average defensively. He's not going to actively hurt you behind the plate. Uh, Now, whether or not he's going to start the season as the catcher or if he's in the, the minors because you have Omar Narvaez installed as your starter after trading James McCann to Baltimore, I'm not sure. But either way, I do think you'll see him for most of the season in 2023. And depending on how the Mets feel about his offense and the work he's done over the winter on his defense, decides whether or not he will uh, start the season and be in the running for Rookie of the Year votes where he can potentially get a draft pick for the Mets. I'm sure Steve Cohen would love to get an extra draft pick next year because one of the young players that they signed came up and earned them one. Number two prospect in the system, another guy who will probably spend a lot of time up, but I'm not sure if he's going to be up right away or not, is... Brett Beatty, the third baseman, probably the only real winner in this whole Carlos Correa saga because he actually will have a spot at third base now. So 2019 first rounder out of high school, got 89 games in in double A and then a brief six game cameo in triple A before he went to the bigs in double A, 312-406-544. Stat line of a dude, 300, 400, 500. There you go. 19 home runs, 41 extra base hits, 46 walks to 98 strikeouts, two of five on stolen bases. We talked about him a little bit. I want to say it was on Monday's show, but plus hit tool, above average power. Speed is slightly below average, and defensively, he's fine. He's, you know, average at third base with a plus arm. It's just because of the speed, the range kind of isn't, as great as you'd like, and it brings the defensive score down to 50 to 45, something like that. He did play some games in left field, in the minors, and so if Carlos Correa had been on this team, you would see Brett Beatty kicking out to left field when he finally got up. But now I think he'll compete with Escobar for a starting job. I expect Escobar will probably win it, but Beatty will be one of the first guys called up if there's an injury or something happens. Uh, the power, like I said, above average. His average, his average exit velo is around 92, and his 90th percentile is 107. So it's similar numbers to Alvarez, but he doesn't get the power into games as well as Alvarez does. Nobody in the system really gets the power into games as well as Alvarez does. Number three prospect in this system, catcher Kevin Parada. 2022 first rounder out of Georgia Tech. And... Really interesting here as far as the future, what's going to happen to Kevin Parada. Uh, Okay, what he does well. Offensively, in college, had a really low strikeout rate, like 10.5%. One of the lowest among any slugger in Division I, like people who hit 25 home runs or not. And when he got in some playoff games in the complex league, and he struck out like twice in four games. 
plus hit tool, above average power, and the power works to all fields. So the swing is a little funky. It's a little unorthodox, but he can get he he can get the bat on the ball. So let him keep doing whatever the funky stuff is in the swing. Uh, again, power is probably above average, but it works all over. And then defensively, this is this is where you have all the questions about Kevin Parada. He's kind of seen defensively to be around fringe to average, so about forty five or so. The arm, the speed, all about the same thing. Supposedly, he wants to get better. And so he bought a house in Port St. Lucie. In the offseason, he was working with Mets instructors. He also went to a biomechanics lab to work on flexibility, lateral movement, things like that. And then, just like you see a lot of, uh, both with Alvarez and with college catchers, he just has to work on the game calling. That's not something that he's typically had as much of a chance to do as you would like. Because so many college teams, the coaches call the game from the dugout into an earpiece versus the catcher and pitcher calling their own game on the field. Number four prospect in the system and somebody who is uh, a short king but doesn't play like one necessarily is shortstop Jet Williams. The other first rounder, 2022 first rounder out of high school this year, signed for about $3.9 million. And... 58175. Uh he he's been compared and I'm not I'm not doing this. He's been compared to like a Dustin Pedroia type as far as the mindset and the mentality that he plays with. So, I think he's a plus hitter, 60 grade hitter, but because of some of the physical limitations, you're looking at the power is probably going to end up below average. I mean, I think you could see a 10 to 15 home runs is probably your ceiling for a Jet Williams. He's going to be, again, a plus that are going to make plenty of contact. Good on-base ability. He's got plus speed, so you can bat him higher up in the order as one of those traditional leadoff types. Uh, you'll see this, this, the stolen bases probably come in this year in the minors as well, because he does run well. Defensively, little more questions there. So again, speed's plus. The arm is only average, and it kind of feels like the like second base is probably a better spot than short. Now, obviously, part of that is at the bigs, Francisco Lindor is there for a decade, but it just the way that he the way that he runs and the s- s- strength of his arm feels like second base is a better fit than shortstop. Now, as a prep, he also played in the outfield. So center field could one day be a possible option for him as well. Because again, uh the speed is plus. And he can get around as he needs to, despite the arm only being average. You're probably three or four years away. He's going to start at low A St. Lucie this year. In just a minute, I want to get to the state of the pitching. It's really interesting, the pitching in this system. But first, today's episode is brought to you by our friends at BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. You can get the latest odds and trends for every professional amateur league out there. Pro football, we're headed up on another week of playoffs. NBA in full swing, college basketball in full swing. They just had to cancel a game because of COVID-19. So I'm sure all the bets got refunded for that, but that's just an interesting thing to kind of keep watching as far as what's going to happen. They've got everything at betaline.net. It's the fastest and easiest way to get betting info. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more because Bet Online is where the game starts. Okay, so the state of pitching in this system is really interesting because 
at the major league level, obviously you've spent a bunch of money on pitching, right? You brought in Justin Verlander on a massive deal to replace Jacob DeGrom. And then you have Max Scherzer on a massive deal, like a, you know, 40 something million dollars a year for two or three years. And so your entire starting rotation, you brought in Cody Singa uh, from Japan. You have Carlos Carrasco, Jose Quintana, like your whole rotation's like over the age of 30. I think the youngest one is Singa is just now 30. But you have a ton of pitching prospects. A lot of this depth is in the lower minors. So a lot of, I mean, you have your, your guys who are AAA or the bigs like your Tyler Miguel and Joey Lucchesi and things like that who have some service time. But outside of that, just about every pitcher who's probably going to be at AA is, has already passed Rule 5 eligibility. Most of your AAA rotation is either guys who have been in the bigs who have already passed their Rule 5 deadlines. And a lot of your depth, your promising pitchers your Mike Vasile, who we'll talk about, uh, your Blade Tidwell, your Calvin Ziegler's, all of these guys are in the lower minors, are in either A ball or high A. And so that's why you see the free agent expenditures that the big league team has made on a Verlander, on a Scherzer, on a Singa, trades for guys like an Eliezer Hernandez from Miami, going out and getting and just getting different guys like Jose Quintana, because you're a couple years away from these pitchers and the minors contributing. But one of them that I really do like, I want to make sure we talk about, is right-hand pitcher Blade Tidwell. 2022 second rounder out of Tennessee, 6'4", 2'10", and got about five games in the regular season. So uh, 1.93 ERA and 9.1 innings. 11 strikeouts to 7 walks. Most of that was in low A. He got like one inning in rookie ball. And so what he actually does, what he does well, is he has a plus fastball that is, I think, one of the better fastballs in the system, if not the best fastball in the system. It sits mid-90s. He can touch 99 with it. And it's, it's very good working up and in, which is, was a surprise to me because in college, when I watched him in college, he did a lot of low and away stuff. It was, if I'm going to miss, I want to miss down. I want to miss outside where you can't hit it. And here, it's spinning really well. They're having him work up and in. So a little bit surprising, but it worked out well. You saw the stats from the playoffs, from the minor league playoffs. And so to go along with that, he has what I'm pretty sure is the best slider in the Mets system now. Uh, Mid-80s, a lot of high spin to it. And so, a couple things to work on here, but it's a nice base to start with, right? So, uh, the changeup he has, below average. He just didn't really use it a lot in college. Just didn't need it. And so, I think he's got to develop that as the third pitch, unless he wants to find something else. He wants to find a cutter, something else that has a movement profile that works, that can kind of give him, uh, you know, multiple pictures for a hitter. Uh, Command of the fastball sometimes comes it, it comes and goes. And so he needs to work on keeping command of the fastball more often and throwing the changeup more often and getting it to have a little better shape. So those things are what he needs to work on. But he's got the build of a starter, should have the durability. The stuff is good enough. He has the mentality. And so my expectation 
is probably starting in high A and high A to double A in 2023. I really like what Blade Tidwell does. I think they do too. And so I expect him to move kind of quickly. Another guy who might move quickly, not as sure here, but right-hand pitcher Calvin Ziegler, 2021 second rounder out of high school, got 16 games in low A last year. 0-6 record, not that that matters. 4.44 ERA in 16 games started. Uh, 46 and two-thirds innings, 70 strikeouts, so 13.5 per nine, to 35 walks, 6.75 per nine, three home runs allowed. So he is a fastball curveball guy. Uh, fastball averages 94, touches about 96 or so, has some pretty good ride up in the zone. I like it up there. Uh, to go along with it, he has a vertical breaking curveball, 78 to 84. Uh, if he could throw it for strikes a little more often, I think it could be a, a plus pitch. Right now, it's an above average pitch, and he relies on chase about as much as he relies on swing and miss with it. If he could consistently land it for a strike, I think that'd be a little bit better. Um, he didn't have a changeup when he was a prepster, and so he added a splitter. Uh, it it kind of contributes more to that vertical attack because you have the fastball with the ride up, you have a splitter that's going to come down a bit, and then you have a curveball with big break. So you have uh, three speeds and you have similar movements, but to different levels. So if you're expecting a curveball and he throws a splitter, you'll swing under it. If you're expecting a splitter and he throws a curveball, you'll swing over it. He's going to have to have a little better command than he has had to make the vertical attack work because he doesn't really have anything that breaks horizontally. It's all vertical. So you've got to spot stuff correctly. So a little bit more of that. And then he just needs to kind of repeat the mechanics a little bit more. The delivery is a little long and he, he doesn't necessarily consistently do it every time. So improving the, the mechanics a little bit more I think will help him throw more strikes and will help him with the command of all of these pitches. So a little bit of work there, but I think he has the mentality to do it. I think he has, obviously the organization has the knowledge to get him there. I feel confident in saying, you know, he's probably middle of the rotation potential and that's going to rely on does the splitter get to average and can he tick the control up just a little bit. In just a minute, I want to get to the superlatives. It's always the best part of every farm system. Just the really interesting and unique guys right here on Locked on MLB Prospects. And we're back. So we're going through some of the superlatives for the New York Mets. And your power tool is only as good as your hit tool. We say it all the time. The guy in this system that that applies to the most is Mark Vientos. 2017 second rounder out of high school. And got a little bit of time up last year, but spent the majority of the season in AAA. 101 games, 280, 358, 519, 24 home runs, 41 extra base hits, 44 walks to 122 strikeouts, 0 for 2 on stolen bases. So, offense first. He has above average to plus power, but he chases too much. And he misses too much in the zone. And I don't know if it's a pitch discernment thing where he doesn't know how the pitch is going to break to the last second or if it's a physical issue. 
but he does seem to struggle more against righties than lefties. So I think it's something mechanical with his swing where he just cannot catch up to the break of a pitch from a righty versus a lefty. Uh, obviously, things he has to work on there, and it's tough to be to to have your your platoon be the more prominent side where you're bad at is the righties. But we'll see what he does there. Defensively, was drafted as a shortstop, moved to third base. I don't think he can play third base in the bigs. The arm is good, but the speed is below average. The defense is below average, so the range isn't that great, and the 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 footwork isn't necessarily that great. And so I think he's probably going to end up being more of a first baseman and a DH than he is a third baseman. And again, you have Brett Beatty, who's ready to contribute. And so you don't necessarily need him to be a third baseman. Now, last year, the Mets struggled to get lefty or production against lefties at DH. And so that could be his opening, but I expect he probably starts off in AAA. He's probably not the primary option to be your platoon guy because he still has those struggles with righty stuff in the zone and chasing out of the zone. So the walk rate's fine. He just isn't never going to have a high average and has to do better power production-wise against righties to be an everyday regular. Breakout pitcher in this system, or breakout prospect in this system, I am taking a pitcher Right-hand pitcher Tyler Stewart, 2022 sixth rounder out of Southern Miss. Barely got any time last year. So the stats, don't want to go over them because they're not great. He got like three games, three and two-thirds innings, gave up four runs. So not pretty. But uh, thing to know about him, 6'9", 250. He is a big boy. And so because of that, he's got big boy problems. Uh, he has he has super long levers, and so because of that, he struggles to keep everything synced up for his delivery. So I think biomechanically, that's the first thing you have to work on, right? And from what I understand, he's been doing some of that work in the offseason, and I do trust the Mets to help him figure that out. But the stuff, I like the stuff. Forcing fastball sits somewhere between 95 to 98. He has a sinker that goes along with it in the mid-90s. Uh, Changeup sits in the mid-80s, and he's got a low 80s slider. So he's got a variety of different speeds and movements on these pitches. Uh, it's really interesting. He prefers to set up on the glove side, so his sinker slider play up a little better because of that. And an arm side pitch like the changeup isn't as good because of that. Uh, so what he needs to do, like the, the, the sinker, I think is the better of the two fastballs. Gets a lot of ground balls to it. He needs to be a little more consistent with the slider. And I'd like to see more movement up in the zone from the fastball. But a little bit of biomechanical tweaks. And then again, just working on the consistency for the slider. I think he's going to have a big year. I expect him to go back to low A to start this year. And again, just... Physical specimen, but you have to work out some of the problems that come with being such a large human being. Guy who needs to stay healthy. Hasn't been super injured, like hasn't been significantly injured, but missed some time uh, with an arm injury, something like that. Right-hand pitcher Mike Vasile, 2021 eighth rounder out of University of Virginia. Got 18 games in last year between low A and high A. 
3.53 ERA, 71 in the third innings, 85 strikeouts, so 10.7 per nine, to 26 walks, 3.3 per nine, four home runs allowed. Fastball is average or so. Sits in the low 90s, can touch 97 with it. The velocity isn't necessarily where you'd love it to be, right? He can run it up again. He can run it up to 97, but he sits low 90s with it. Uh, the, sl- the slider is a power slider. I think it's above average. Sits in the high 80s. Uh, in the mid 80s, you have an average changeup. And then you have a curveball that is average to above average in the upper 70s. So variety of movements, variety of speeds. And to go along with this, I like the command and control. He throws strikes. He's got multiple pitches. None of them are necessarily an out pitch, mind you. He doesn't like, I don't see any of them as being overwhelmingly, this is my put away pitch. But he's got four pitches that are average or better. Good command, good control. And so if he can stay healthy, if he can get innings, I could see him developing into one of those number four, number five guys who you need to take 20 starts for you in a season uh, or in some sort of longer relief role where he comes out of the bullpen and covers four or five innings for you because a dude got blown up in the second. Uh, The best defensive outfielder in this system is one of the top prospects. It is Alex Ramirez. We talked about him on Monday's show. 2019 IFA, 121 games between A ball and high A. 281, 346, 436. 11 home runs, 48 extra base hits, 44 walks to 122 strikeouts, and 21 of 37 on stolen bases. So, kind of recapping what we said on Monday, fantastic athlete, good speed, good arm, offense, has to work on the chase, which is common for a lot of young players, better swing decisions, he's got good contact ability, but when you have really good contact ability, sometimes it hurts if you swing too much because you're not making quality contact, because you're so good at putting a bat on a ball, and then developing the power, which again, something a lot of younger players have to necessarily do. Uh, We'll remind you of the note from Monday. Uh, Some of the the talk about him has been that he kind of works on cruise control, is sometimes lacks the sense of urgency that he needs, and that is going to be required to be a major league big leaguer. Again, I think that's something that comes with age and, and maturity. Fantastic week this week. Uh, Excited for tomorrow's show. We're getting to the Philadelphia Phillies, who may not be, may not have the depth of pitching that the Braves have, but the top end of the pitching prospects is fantastic. We're going to talk about Andrew Painter, you guys. In the meantime, if you have questions for the show, I'm on Twitter at Crosby Baseball, shows on Twitter at Locked On Farm, or you can email us, lockedonmlbprospects at gmail.com. And if you want, uh, you can send your questions into the new Locked on MLB Prospects Discord. Link is in the episode description. Link is in the show notes. Just a bunch of baseball fans talking about free agency and farm systems and trading cards and all of that. Until tomorrow's show, this has been Locked on MLB Prospects. Oh.